Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll shed light on the imposter syndrome and how it may be affecting you today. I'll also be interviewing author and executive career coach Nathan A. Perez, who shares his award-winning book that he co-wrote with Dr. Marsha Ballinger, entitled The 20-Minute Networking Meeting, Learn to Network, Get a Job. Nathan explains the true meaning of networking and shares his expert techniques and strategies that will help you not only grow your network, but land the job you want. For more information about Nathan, please visit NathanAPerez.com. Or to learn more about this book, please visit 20mnm.com, which is an abbreviation of the 20-Minute Networking Meeting. You may also purchase this book in your favorite digital bookstore, including Amazon.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. The imposter syndrome and how it affects you. For those of you who have heard about the imposter syndrome before, you immediately have this pit in the bottom of your stomach to think, oh no, he's going to talk about me. But for for those of you who have not heard about it, the imposter syndrome is essentially those individuals who are very successful and are very accomplished in their career, but they have this deep-seated feeling or thought that if anyone were to find out one particular thing, then all of a sudden their success would crumble around them. And what you may not realize is that some of the most successful people that you hear about in media today struggle with the imposter syndrome. And in fact, I'll be honest, there are times when I actually struggle with the imposter syndrome as well. So for those of you who do have this feeling or this sensation, you're not alone. One of the most difficult things is we can compare our accolades or our accomplishments and see them all out on paper. I think, wow, is that me? Did I really do that? But there's something within us that negates it, that says, well, I only got that opportunity because so-and-so introduced me to someone. Or I only won that award because society said that a person of color needed to win it, or a female needed to win it, or whatever it may be. We often rationalize our success and not realize that it's because of the hard work and effort you've put into your career. Now, keep in mind that when I say success or successful people, it doesn't necessarily mean that a person of academia or a person in media or a person in the business world, that it's only about them. No, this can be about any single person who's very good at what they do. The reason why I wanted to talk about this today is it's important to realize when you talk about your success, you talk about it with assurance, with confidence. Because if not, subconsciously, the people with whom you speak are going to realize that there's something off. They may not really know why it is, but perhaps later when they reflect on the conversation, something would just seem off to them. And unfortunately, if that's the case, then perhaps you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy that can affect how people see you. We've all been rejected before, whether it's in relationships, whether it's at work or whatever it may be. We've all felt this feeling before. And when that happens, we automatically assume the reason why we were rejected because of all these failures or all these struggles. But the reality is the person is, quote, rejecting you 
and I definitely say that word in quotes because rejection is based on how much energy and how much power we give to that person, is simply based on one particular fact, and that's the facts that they know about you. When we have all this information about ourselves, we automatically assume that everybody knows every failure, every struggle, every nuance, every situation in our life that we know. So therefore, when we do feel rejected, then every other misgivings or every other struggle we've had in our life is now all of a sudden confirmed. So if one person rejected us because of this, that means every other single thing we felt in our life where we felt was wrong or we were embarrassed about or something where we didn't do well, all of a sudden, every single one of those things are now confirmed and validated. So therefore, I'm not worthy. You link that with your success, then there's always going to be this feelings of I'm not good enough because we will always be focused on those things in our past, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, of what is not right in our life. So the more successful you are, the more you struggle with it can't be true because I'm focused on all the rejections I felt in the past or I'm focused on all those struggles I had before that everybody must know about. And the reality is nobody knows about it but you. So today, when you're listening to this lesson right now and the interview in just a few minutes, you want to ask yourself, how is the imposter syndrome affecting me today? And of course, there's absolutely no judgment when it comes to this because everybody has experienced this at some point in their life. But if you're focusing on the reasons why you would not be successful if people found out something about you, then perhaps your focus is misplaced. And if it's misplaced, then you can move it back to what's in front of you. So you want to look at the actual physical data to disprove the thoughts and feelings that you have. Data does not lie, but our thoughts and our emotions can be skewed based on what we think about or on what we focus on. So remember, a minor adjustment makes a major improvement. A minor adjustment in what you think on determines how you feel, which determines how great or how small that imposter syndrome is in your life. So today, be mindful of that. Your insecurities are simply insecurities. They're not facts of what you've truly accomplished. I have a fantastic interview today with Nathan A. Perez. He's gonna talk with you about the tools and techniques you can use when it comes to networking and how to stand out from the people around you. So remember, if the imposter syndrome is affecting you today, it doesn't have to. And as you remove that from your life and learn these networking skills, you will be unstoppable. Stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Nathan A. Perez, who is an author, national speaker, and executive career and job search coach. In today's episode, Nathan shares his award-winning book that he co-wrote with Dr. Marsha Ballinger, entitled The 20-Minute Networking Meeting, Learn to Network, Get a Job. This book is a must-read. Nathan shares the true meaning of networking and shares his expert techniques and strategies that will help you not only grow your network, but land the job you want. Welcome to my show, Nathan. Uh, thanks, James, very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I was reading your backstory, and you were in you were in film and media prior to this, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, in the entertainment industry for 20 years as a professional actor and writer, union guy, all that good stuff. Really? How did you make the transition? 
Um, that's a really good question. The truth is, is if, if you've ever heard that, uh, you know, artists tend to, they, they need to have like a, a day job in order to survive. <laughs> well, back then, especially at the time I had to do that. And I wasn't particularly great at, at food service. <laughs> so I couldn't, you know, bartending and, and, and wait staff that just wasn't for me. And so I actually kind of got into the business world. And as I did, um, I, I kind of grew both of those careers simultaneously. And then eventually it trans transitioned out of the entertainment industry and into the stuff that, uh, that I'm doing these days. Wow. And obviously very successful as well. So congratulations. Thank you. Not only your job and career coach, but really more for the upper echelon or upper, upper CEOs and the C-suite types of individuals. Is that correct? Um, that is correct. I actually work with just about everybody because of my own experience. Mm -hmm. I had uh, just around 30 day jobs okay. over the course of the years when I was a professional actor. So I got to work in a bunch of different industries and businesses and uh, bring it all the way up till now. Um, I continue to work with artists, uh, actors and celebrities, producers, directors, but and, and also all different professional and corporate industries. But because of my last uh, job before what I'm doing now, uh, I actually, I was working in the retained executive search industry. Mm -hmm. And for those that might not be familiar with that, th those those kinds of firms are hired by other companies mm -hmm. to find new executive leadership for their own organization. Um, so it, it just kind of, yeah, I just sort of trans transitioned over into into that. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, you see, just even hearing you talking about working with producers and actors, I guess it would make the, it make sense because they also have to network because that's all part of it, you know, in order to get your next, your next, your next gig or your sure. next production, of course. I mean, that, that definitely makes sense. So it's, it's neat to see how networking translates to all walks of life. All of them. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, it's a funny thing about that word networking and, and what, but it, it's responsible and it touches literally every aspect, not of just business, but of life, yeah. you know, and when we do it all the time. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. Let's jump right into it. So what does networking mean coming from you as a professional? Right. Okay. So what does networking mean? Um, maybe I should actually start, we, we should establish what, what networking is not. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and, and networking is, is not about being all slick and smooth, you know, and, and name dropping and salesy and all that sort of thing. Um, I think what's happened is We've sort of um, we've sort of pinned behaviors to that word mm -hmm. networking, and so we think of it in those ways, being slick and smooth and dropping names and salesy and so forth. But what it really is, to make it very very simple, is just about the obtainment or the exchange of information, mm, okay. any and all information, plain and simple. And and when we think about it that way, um, we're we're literally networking all the time. Every discussion that we ever have, even if it's good morning, how was your morning? That's an exchange of information, and that's something that's relevant to a later conversation. Hey, you know, last time I talked to you the other morning, this, that, and the other happened. You know, what's going on now? How are you now? So it's just, it's constant. And that's mm -hmm. all that it is, obtainment or exchange of information. Interesting. Because I know in psychology, there may be a period of time, let's say that you, you, you and I, Nathan, we don't talk for a while. But when we do reconnect, I may not remember everything you said, but I remember how you made me feel. Do you talk about that right. as well as far as the emotional snapshots we create when we meet someone in a networking aspect? Uh, actually, yeah. In one specific way, when you hold a networking meeting, especially the way that we're talking about it now, it's very important to make sure that we are being reciprocal. Yes. So there is an element uh, because uh, the cornerstone of networking is, is, is relationship building. And when you go into a meeting and you're having this information exchange and someone is taking the time and giving you their advice or their expertise, it's important to be able to give back mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, in that sense, for sure. Yeah, that would make sense as well. What, what happened in the world around you when you and Marsha were talking and said, we need to write this book? What, what happened that made you decide to write the 20-minute networking meeting, learn to network, get a job? 
so what had actually happened is I was recruited into that firm where Marsha was a partner. And um, Marsha was familiar with the fact that I had a professional writing background. And she had a couple ideas. And, and so she pitched some a few different ideas. And networking was one of them. And because I had been in the entertainment industry, uh, you know, and we've all heard it's all who you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it's pretty important in corporate and all of business too. And that seemed to be it. It just seemed to make a lot of sense as this was going to be a topic that was going to be important to everyone. Yes. So we just kind of jumped on that idea and developed it. Perfect. You know, when I look around the world today, you know, whether, because my listeners know that this, my shows will syndicate on multiple platforms for multiple times to come. So depending on when you hear this, the show, whether it's in COVID, post COVID or whenever, all these, all the information that Nathan's going to share is incredibly applicable. And during this time of, of COVID, when, what would be the different aspects of when it comes to networking? Because most things are more digital and remote right now. How does that change the nuances of networking? Uh, you know, the only nuance is that it really changed the fact that you're on video mm-hmm. and and not in person. In person is really important. It's the preference. There's an energy that we each give off. You, you just get a whole sense for the meeting because you're in person. But that's really it. I would say other than that, uh, networking hasn't really changed. If, if it has changed, it, it's changed for the better. It's just gotten better. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons behind that. Um, and I'll just give them right up front. One sure. of them is the familiarity with tech. Mm-hmm. And then the other mm-hmm. is pandemic boredom. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yes. and the tech, what I mean is, you know, for a few years prior to everything that happened uh, beginning a year ago, um, I had been using video for networking, but most people still wanted to, to, you know, have a phone call. That'd be okay. But then last year happened and none of us really had a choice mm-hmm. that if we wanted to see somebody, we we're going to do video. And, and this wasn't just on the professional side, right? This is also personal where we felt like we couldn't go see our families quite yet, and so we had to use it. Um, because of that, now everybody, when I say everybody, I do, I kind of mean on the planet, right? Everybody has got some sort of familiarity with the tech. And then the pandemic boredom, uh, well, that kind of speaks for itself, <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> we all kind of got shut in. We weren't able to go out there and, and, and be social in the ways that we were, whether that means at work or the coffee shop or, or even just kind of at, at the park. And so you kind of put those two things together, this familiarity with tech uh, and then the boredom and people are much, much more likely and willing to have networking meetings because daily commutes have kind of gone Mm -hmm. away. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have flexibility. We can work on whatever we want to during the day. And because we haven't been able to be social, even complete strangers are are very much more likely and, and yeah. open to networking with people they just, they just don't know. That's a good reframe. Yeah, exactly right. Because when we are bored, we just want something new. So it makes perfect sense that most people would be open to new, new ideas and meeting new people. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, there's a misnomer that most people think that a networking meeting has to be 60 minutes. What would you say to that? Uh, I would say that that is way too long. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's way too long. And actually, it's one of the biggest reasons that people don't want to network. Time tends to be the deciding factor when it comes to accepting requests. And it's for many different reasons. People get burned. You know, the time isn't used mm-hmm. wisely. Uh, there's no agenda to it and so forth. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is even if you take, um, you know, say you had an hour long meeting and you were just to distill it down to the things that were really important to the discussion. And you'll find that it only takes 20 minutes. Mm. And 20 minutes, this is something um, that we discovered, is, is that 20 minutes is all that we need because most professionals can handle it. Mm. It's, it's enough time to be able to say hi, introduce yourselves, you know, have a little bit of chit chat and get right to the goods without it turning into, you know, a 30 long, even a 30 minute long meeting, um, which is a full, you know, sitcom, including the commercials. So it just it all it takes is 20 minutes. 
And um, it's most successful though, right? But you're not, it's not, you're not doing it off the cuff. Uh, you still wanna be structured about these things. So no hour long meetings, it only takes 20 minutes. And, and by the way, it's not a hard and fast rule. It can be longer, mm-hmm. it can be shorter. If it's longer, you're kind of hoping that it's your contact that is talking and continues to go forward. And so, but it's important too, right? That we say, hey, uh, James, you know, we're, we're reaching kind of that 20 minute mark. I wanna be sensitive to your time. I promised you only 20 minutes. Are you, are you good to keep talking? And that person's gonna say yes or no. If they say yes, then you can keep going. Oh, perfect. If it's gonna be less than 20 minutes, I would say usually those happen when people are already familiar with one another. You're not having to give so much background or context to what it is that you're gonna be discussing. Um, so in which case you can kind of jump right into things, but it just is a person to person, you know, uh, case by case scenario. Which is great because if some of my listeners may realize this or not, but my interviews with experts like you are 20 minutes long. Because what I've learned in my field in psychology, we've, real, we've learned that most people can only really pay attention for about 20 minutes anyway before they have to get up yeah. and kind of refresh themselves and take a quick break before they can come back and concentrate again. So my show is actually 26 minutes long, but when it comes to the expert aspect of it, it's 20 minutes long. So that's kind of cool that we do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Well, you know, I mean, it's like you're saying, uh, there's a lot of information that can be exchanged. And if it's if it's a lot, if it's too much, then it becomes hard to track. And then and then your meeting can kind of work against you because someone's trying to just memorize and remember all mm-hmm. these things that you're telling yeah. them. So yeah, nice and uh, nice little package of 20 minutes. In the information that you sent me, you were talking about that most jobs are obtained through networking. I think it's like 70, 80% of that is is created through networking. And then, yeah. but that's really by just by the, by the people you know, is what you're saying, correct? That's correct. Yeah, actually, that statistics comes uh, comes from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, mm. uh, and it's seventy uh, over seventy percent of all jobs, and overall seventy to eighty percent of jobs are all obtained. Doesn't matter the business, doesn't matter the industry, doesn't matter the experience level. They are all obtained through the people that we know, and of course, the people that we know comprise our network. Now, that's a really important statistic, and I think these days um, we hear so many different numbers and statistics. Yeah. And so, you know, it, we can kind of gloss over it. But so here's a here's a different way of looking at it: seventy to eighty percent of jobs are not posted. Mm. Okay, seventy to eighty percent of jobs are not posted. And what that means is that the other twenty to thirty percent uh, of those jobs uh, that that are posted can be seen by your competition. So if you've ever had a moment or an experience or know someone else, I would say, I can't, I can't get an interview. I can't even, I can't even get a phone call. Um, this is primarily the reason mm. why. And what it does is it makes up what's called the hidden or the invisible job market. If you have not heard of that, the dark web. yes, it's real. <laughs> yes, it exists. Yeah, the dark web, right. <laughs> and, and, and the way that this, this works, the, the hidden or invisible job market is word of mouth. Yeah. And of course, word of mouth is all about networking. Networking in the dark web. <laughs> so funny. Dark web networking. That might be a next book. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. That's that's those statistics are fascinating because when you really think about it, I mean, that's that's there's so much that we're just missing. You know, I know for me when I used to look for jobs as well, I, I can I ran up against that those walls a few times, and it was so incredibly frustrating. So it's good to know that this type yeah. of information is out there simply based on your networking skills or networking the network that you have. Right. Yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes that most people make when it comes to networking? Right. So I would say that there are three typical, very common mistakes that there's no agenda, that it takes too much time, mm-hmm. right? And then not helping in return. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of come, I'll hit each one of these. So an agenda is a planned discussion. Mm-hmm. And what people tend to do is they hold meetings, as I was saying earlier, kind of off the cuff. I'll, I'll kind of figure it out when I get there. But the impression that you leave with someone is a very critical impression. Mm-hmm. 
because if this is how you hold a meeting, then how's it going to look in the yes. workplace when you're not really organized? Um, and then, and then, of course, taking too much time. Like we said, uh, you know, sometimes people are, are, are promised, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then the next thing you know, it's an hour. You, you have one or two of those experiences, and people don't want to say say yes anymore. Yeah. We really want to be sensitive to people's time. In the books, we refer to it as a gift, right? The gift of time. So, for for as an example, if if you were meeting with a consultant who's an attorney uh, and they charge two hundred fifty dollars an hour, and your meeting is an hour, that is like a two hundred and fifty dollar gift of time. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, how often do I give that kind of gift? At what That's frequency? Good really good point. And, but I would say the biggest, though, is um, and, and this isn't like something that that is wrong so much or, or like a mistake. But sitting with a meeting, asking someone for their time, asking for their their knowledge or their expertise um, is is it can turn out to be take, take, take. Mm -hmm. You know, someone really wants to sit down and help. And we don't want to we also don't want to leave that impression. Um, by the end of the meeting or over the course of time, we want to make sure that we're also giving back. And one of the key questions that we mention in the book um, is, how can I help you? And it always, almost always takes people by surprise. They're not expecting it because business, you know, tends to be kind of transactional. Mm -hmm. I've got something you want. Uh, you've got something I want. Maybe that's involves some money. You make that exchange and people kind of move on. But if the cornerstone of networking is relationship building, this is a really key question to ask. How can I help you for the help that you've just been given me, that you've just given me? I like that. I was telling you in the, in the green room, uh, when I've had people who reach out to me to be on my show, wonderful people, uh, but sometimes it can come across as, this is what I'm going to do for you, you know, that you need me, that type, of, that type of mentality, which there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it can, it can come across as very insensitive or that... Um, Right. person can't thrive without this person's expertise. How do people find the balance of that, the nuance of that? Well, the thing is, is that so networking the way that we're talking about and what you just mentioned are very different. Okay. What you just mentioned sounds more like a sales pitch, sure. you yeah, know, I something that uh, here's my offering, you know, take me so forth and, and, and so on. But um, in this case, what we're talking about is just the obtainment of information. Mm -hmm. okay. When we go into a meeting, you and I, we're sitting across from each other. You know, we have a little bit of chit chat. Um, I give you a snapshot of maybe my background or if, if this is for sales or business development, maybe it's a little bit of our product or services. But then I get into question asking so we can actually get into a discussion. And, and two things are happening there. One of them is I'm trying to learn more about you. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's about my services or maybe I'm just trying to get information that's going to help me track down what my next job opportunity is. But the point is, is that you're just obtaining information. The second thing that happens by way of that is people start to understand who you I are. Yes. In a job search context, they might understand um, how you might fit maybe at their organization, but also other people that they might know that you might meet and, and kind of go from there. If it's like sales or business development, then they're just going to be learning more a, a little bit in a snapshot. Mm -hmm. And this snapshot that we're talking about is all of 60 seconds long. Mm -hmm. And what you're really doing with that snapshot is just providing context so that they start to understand who you are, what your business is, or, or maybe even what your products are. And, and then people all on their own begin to identify if this is something that they need. But what you're not doing now is you're not pushing anything like on Much anyone. Better. It's just an informative, yeah, mm -hmm. back and forth discussion. Let me make my choice and my decision if I want to work with you, as opposed to you automatically coming out right. of the gate, trying to upsell me, <laughs> upcharge me or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And now, it's, we only have a few more minutes here, but is elevator speech like the 60-second um, conversation you were talking about? That is a great question, and the answer is yes. Okay. And we hear things like 30-second uh, commercial, 30-second pitch, elevator pitch, just pitch. Uh, what's your story, right? Uh, they're all the same. 
Uh, and these are very typical questions that you would be asked anywhere you go, and it doesn't matter what the networking would be. What, what they're really looking for is an understanding of either you or what it is that you have, your services, your company, or, or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Perfect. When I was looking through your book here, I really like it because you have the different vignettes of, of different types of individuals of how they perceive something or how they do something, what works and what doesn't work. So individuals like me who, who are going to purchase this book, I love it because it has more of a narrative aspect of it. So for me to read and kind of put myself in the mind of this person and what they're doing, it made much more sense and how it was applicable to me. So good job with that. So thank you and Marsha for that. appreciate <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, our time is up. We could literally talk about this all day. If my listeners want to find out more information about you, Nathan, and to purchase your book, The 20-Minute Networking Meeting, Learn to Network, Get a Job, where would they find this information online? Yeah, so you can find the books. You can find them on Amazon. You can get them through the Kindle app, uh, iTunes. Uh, you can order it from your bookstore. A lot of bookstores do carry them. Uh, if you'd like an audiobook, you can actually go to web, my website, and that's also where you can contact me, uh, which is NathanAPerez.com. Uh, and you can also find this information on just the dedicated book website, which is 20mnm.com, as in 20-minute networking meeting. That's a mouthful, isn't it? 20-minute <laughs> networking meeting, 20mnm.com. Uh, and, and LinkedIn, uh, I post quite a bit there, too. Excellent. Well, my listeners know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes in this particular episode entitled The 20-Minute Networking Meeting with guest Nathan A. Perez. And I will link you with Amazon and with Nathan as well. Nathan, thank you so much for being an awesome guest on my show today. I truly appreciate your expertise. Oh, likewise, James. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Have a great rest of the day. You too. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.